All right, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new episode of Off the Track Podcast. This is episode number nine. Um, and on this one, just gonna be me and John. Yep. We're in a duo this time. Yeah. So we, uh, don't mind. everybody kind of yeah, we're we getting to the start of the, the school year next year next Monday, literally next Monday. So I know a lot of people got everything on their plate. Yeah. I don't mind the people. We can get it done, knock it out. Yeah, it was a, the, these past few weeks been hectic on the sports and academic fronts. Yeah. USC, they um they canceled all the hybrids, the hybrid classes. Everyone was online. And then the, the big decision from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten to cancel fall sports or postpone was a, was a major bombshell this week. I know it's literally canceled with optimism that it's going to be in the spring. So, well, I mean, it's the same thing. They pretty much did practically make the spring sport, which you could define as postponed, because we're they're going to be under the same predicament that we are, in which we're just hoping that, like, by that time, everybody, like, we have more information, regardless of if there's a vaccine or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, I mean, frankly, from the get-go, could have and should have been an opportunity like that this should have been the right proper decision early on i was it's funny because i was talking to one of our trainers i was talking to justin about it back in like june may and he like that was his idea about it too that um he wanted all kind of sports to push to spring so we can get all that time and you know it gives everybody an actual opportunity to play yeah i I had a feeling like back in june I started having a feeling developed. I was like, the likelihood of fall sports happening this fall is probably not going to happen. So I was like mentally preparing myself like, okay, schools will be totally different. Fall trains will be different. And it's going to be very weird to not see college football on yeah. Saturdays. I mean, and, see the NFL is like hopping into hopefully playing on Saturday. And it is a good opportunity for them. They are. They do it. They do it. Um, what? Twice for two weeks, and like like week fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, they get it when um there's like bowl games going on, or where there's like that week lapse of bowl games. Yeah, and hey, people watch. So if the NFL could capture the opportunity, it'd be big for them. Also, kind of big for NBA. They they'll have more eyes on the playoffs. Maybe. Yeah, it starts this Monday, this upcoming Monday. I think that it runs through all of September with the idea. I think the last possible date of a game is October tenth. Yeah, October tenth, game seven. Yeah, I mean it. It's disappointing, and granted, it's it's disappointing our aspect because we're one of the schools involved in the Pac-12 of like the two, almost. The two major conferences, I mean, there have been several conferences that have already done this, but the two major conferences, like, shutting down yesterday, that's why, like, we get this negative, like, pessimism. We're just upset about it, but at the same time, you look at other conferences, just the SEC, ACC, Big 12, in which all of them have been saying they're still aiming towards playing, but there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, they could say that all they want two or three weeks in, more than likely, they're going to have to shut down as well. Exactly. <clears throat> and a lot of these universities have everyone returning to campus. 
yeah, and in-person in classes, like student bodies in the 40,000s, uh, people still going party. Um, it's already been seen that that people who had large gatherings been testing positive for COVID. That's a big reason for the spike. So I don't see that see that not happening at these at these schools in the South and elevating the risk of these players getting COVID. So I'll be, I'll be surprised if the, if the SEC, ACC and the Big 12 actually finish a football season this fall. But if they do, all power to them. Yeah, I mean, it. you look at, like, I, I don't think the accurate representation for, like, to account the number of people that are going back to said campuses because it is the expectation about people going back. And I think one of the problems in which forced – Pac-12 and Big Ten to shut down is it is with the utmost expectation that a lot of these students I'll I'll separate the athletes for right now a lot of the students that maybe live on campus even though we're going to be online and I'll specify to SC as well like we even saw it with the row students are still going to be students they're still want to go out and party but at the same time the problem with what's going on and shutting down these two conferences, and I think it's the major argument, is we've, we've seen the protocols. We've listened in meetings to what the protocols are in place for us. That, you know, there's not a lot of other routes that could have gone for people to feel safer in the aspect of athletes being on campus. So I think that that's what's kind of missed here. I think that's what people were arguing and trying to fight for this. Like... I mean, you see all the college football players stepping up and trying to say we want to play and like everybody's saying they feel safer here than having to go back home. I, with the protocols in place that we've seen, yeah, we, we both, I believe, can attest to that. It, it, it's saddening, but it, again, it's not unexpected. Yeah, the data, the data is what it is. But we got high, well, we got hot spots. What here? No, L.A., the Bay Area, Washington. No, I don't know about Washington. But Arizona. I think it's. Uh, I mean, they said of the twelve schools in Pac-12, five. It was like five cities. So I mean, it would be. Um, L.A. Bay Area. L.A. Bay Area. I think Seattle, and I think the Arizona schools. No, I think Boulder. Really? I think it's Boulder because wow. I know. Denver's, I don't think doing that well right now. Man, I did not expect that. But yeah, like, I just checked, like, the seven-day trend for the positivity rate for L.A. County right now is 7.2%. And in my home, my home county, in Maryland, Anne Arundel County, our positivity rate is 3.2. A very large difference. Yeah. So it was like, and and LA County is more dense. So it's like we're fighting we're fighting something way bigger here. I know people want to play, but we just have to be safe. Yeah. It it's I mean it it's not only the safety aspect, it's a big I think the main the main main reason people shut down is the idea of liability because I mean that's the most obvious one. That's why schools haven't been able to go back because you can argue while everybody argues that these kids need to be in school, should the event happen, I, I mean, there's, I believe the number's 20, 25,000 that go to SC. It's not a 
not a like bigger bigger school but it has a hefty population of those if you get one maybe five kids that come down with this and and like that is in turn the school's fault still like while the majority you get the 99 point whatever percent are going to be perfectly fine like it is still up to the school that they have to account for everybody like every single person and while it may be naive to like to say that that is the ultimate reality and i think that's the, the main thing going on with why the pac-12 and the big 10 had to shut down is because while everybody still wants to play like should someone get sick should someone get seriously damaged by this it could ultimately ruin both conferences and college football period yeah and the cost yeah it, there's a cost alone like people like to parent like people like saying oh the nba is doing this like first it's a privately owned company they're they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars for their private privately owned covid tests and their um on-site restrictions and re regulations all these universities don't have the funding for that but every all these universities even in the pac-12 are not a usc where where athletics is funded pretty high yeah. and just people just got to understand the risk and reward in dealing with this coronavirus like people <laughs> would have just listened back in march we would have been been in a situation but we just got to deal with it deal deal with the punches thrown thrown at us i mean the ultimate the uh, ultimately bigger upside of this is while everything got pushed back to the spring we won't be able to see in the fall i mean optimistically we actually may be able to attend games at the spring though like so i mean there is some optimism to go with it and while it sucks right now because you know fall is associated with college football and shoot pro football is still going on but like it ultimately it is for the safety of most involved majority involved and you know it's it was it just sucks <laughs> it really does yes yeah, something we haven't experienced in a very long time well i don't think this country experienced anything like this since what world war ii yeah man that's just, wow that's amazing but yeah there's what was it there's a few players that tweeted not not in the Pac-12. They're like big Big Ten players. They're, they said, "Oh, NCAA is not slick. They want they double dip into the fall and spring for that money." Um, hmm. I thought about it, but I was like, "Wait a minute! The TV deals is the TV deals. Yeah, they're gonna get the money regardless." I'm like, like these schools are still losing money for not having fans there. Fans are not, yeah. yeah, they're not having, it was, it was just a poor argument to me. What sucks about it as well is, um, well, not sucks about it, and, and kind of what you were referring to when you see all these Big Ten players talking, I think I saw, um, I think it, on, it was on Barstool's uh, Twitter for SC, it was, they were retweeting or screenshotting like the people on our team, like tweets about it, and one of which stood up stood out to me was Marquis Steps. Where Marquis Steps said everybody wants to play now, but no, everybody 
No, he put three laughing emojis and said, oh, now that NCAA put their foot down, suddenly everybody wants to play. So, I mean, that, that's, we can kind of put that into a, um, a little junction, a little forward into kind of what else we were going to talk about in regards to the Pac-12 manifesto of sorts from the last, last like, two weeks. But I think that also had a very big thing to do with it because you had everybody opting out and yet finally when NCAA puts their foot down, like, now everybody really wants to play. So there is there is major ironies, a, a lot of what's going on in these decisions. Yeah, uh, yeah I just found this tweet. And boy, <laughs> y'all done switched up after the NCAA put their foot down. Now everybody want to play all of a sudden. Yes, that was... Because here's the thing. The We United, We Want to Play post with the list of demands... Okay, that was created within the group of the Pac-12 players. Mm-hmm. They were ready to sit out. They were ready to sit out this season unless these demands were met. Mm-hmm. But then when, as soon as uh, word came out that their season may be canceled, that's when everybody was like, oh, we want to play. Yeah. But it didn't make sense to me that, okay, you want to play. But you also going to stand out these lists of demands. I'm just going to read them. Okay. It says, we all want to play football this season. Um, here's a list of demands. Establish universal mandate health and, health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences th- throughout the NCAA. That's been like a school-by-school school school basis from what I've seen. Um, the second one, give players the opportunity to op- opt out and respect their decisions. I'm not, yeah, that's another school-by-school school, um, basis thing. Uh, they're number three. Guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play this season or not. I don't know how that will fly at some universities. If they, if, if all these, if the Pac-12 Big Ten would have end up canceled because that's 80, 88 scholarships you got to deal with in an incoming freshman class. That's going to be tricky. Um, the next one, use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials. Ultimately, uh, create a college football players association. That's a strip. Well, in reality, we're like a long way away from that just because of who is, who's in charge. The, of the four or the amount that you listed, I mean, the early thoughts on it and, and my initial early thoughts that have progressed until now, the biggest thing that I've kind of been reiterating the last two weeks to people who I've talked about in, in accordance to this um to this document it's the the first one the most that that they want proper COVID-19 protocols in place and keep in mind this is strictly the Pac-12 that's the initial one I mean I'm it's hard to justify the whole because we only have it through the lens of SC but given through the lens of SC it's 
what I've been saying for the last two weeks is knowing what SC is doing for us to be able for us to play and knowing all the protocols that they have in place. If they want more protocols or if they want better protocols than that, there ultimately was only one protocol that sufficed that manner, and they did that, which was shutting down the season. That's what was missed in all that. Is yeah. that knowing, knowing what we know, that what protocols were in place, there aren't a lot of better ones. And again, the best one was to shut down the season, which they ended up doing. And I think that ultimately relates to what kind of Marquis Step was saying, and I'll use that probably throughout my next conversation several times, is if excuse my language, if you bitch about that for all the time and they finally put their foot down as to what the best protocol was and you complain about it still, like, you don't get, you don't get to do that. Yeah, so, there's really some universities who protocols wasn't up to par. Yeah. So, and, and then when you go towards kind of later on where you were talking about that they need a college football committee or a college football players association, the problem with doing that as well is you can't create a players association with players who are only supposed to be there for three or four years. Okay. You like you, how are you going to have a board representative of players who are going to leave to the NFL and join the NFLPA soon? So you can't, you can't really do that. And you can't just announce a college football commissioner or players association with its own commissioner without obviously addressing every single other sport, even though we all know college football takes care of the majority of other sports provides for the majority of other sports and should have precedent amongst the other sports, it's naive to think that college football is the only one deserving of that, though. Deserving of that players' association. So, I mean, of those four, it, it, and this is kind of in the talk on social media in regards to the reaction of NCAA and Pac-12 and Big Ten having to shut down. Like, and it was ultimately blaming the NCAA for not having everything in place. Well, the problem with that as well is football is not the only sport in the NCAA. <laughs> that's the problem. It, that's kind of the lens through everybody sees NCAA as. And granted, it, like I said, it provides for everything else. So it's reasonable and justifiable for people to look at it like that. It's just naive to think that that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, on Monday, uh, Herb Street and Clatt, they were talking about how the Power 5 schools should, like, break off from the from the NCAA and create their own organization and so they so they can have one voice but like that doesn't work because this is a regional business that just so happens to have national championships like you can't have Dabo Sweeney's voice paired along with Nick Saban's voice paired along with Jim Harbaugh's voice not at all listen to how Jim Harbaugh talks about this season compared to how Dabo Sweeney talks about the season like that's not going to work. Exactly, like it just I don't know. I don't know. Well, they're just viewing it as a football thing, but the NCAA and these conferences and schools are bigger than football. Well, at least in the Pac-12. I mean, uh, football. Yeah, if you want to read along the rest of the document, I mean, there, there's three, I think there's like three more that like pretty, I mean, I went through the document a couple of times. There's three more that stand out to me. Uh, oh, yeah. One of which is in regards to, because this is the Pac-12, talking about reducing the salary of Larry Scott and all head coaches in the Pac-12. Frankly, I get it. You can't do that. 
you can't call out as a player the salaries of individuals above you. It it's tough because like we're and I'm in we're in a gray area. Well, specifically in my art, my voice through this, like being an athlete at SC, like I don't have any problem with whoever makes how much. And I think when you put it, I kind of learned it through uh, the lens of the NFL locker room. Like when uh, Le'Veon Bell was trying to get paid, the Steelers players were like, you don't talk about contracts in the locker room. People get like what they get. Yeah, let's not talk about that one. That that one hurt. Yeah, that cost us a Super Bowl or two, maybe. That was the end. That was the downfall of that potential dynasty. Man, but in like the lens of the Pac-12, and I mean, this is with the rush of people like athletes getting compensated for name, image, and likeness, which has already been passed. So kind of weird, like to argue that. But in, in they wanted to accelerate it. Yeah. It again calling out Larry Scott's salary and you know ultimately Clay Helton's salary, ultimately um, David Shaw's salary, all the coaches' salaries. Like you can't do that. What is it? They asked for fifty percent. They wanted fifty percent of the conference revenue to go towards players, which is that's what happens in the NBA. Like that fifty percent league revenue goes towards players' contracts. So I get where that number comes from. But you know, it it also the thing that stood out for me as well, it's just not the proper time to argue for that. With everything being set in place to try to get them back on the field, it's not the proper time to argue for that. Oh, especially when people are, are losing jobs left and right and people are being evicted all across the country and unemployment is increasing daily. Yeah, it's not the right time to talk about money. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you go later on in the document, the next thing that kind of stood out for me and was ultimately the biggest downfall of fall sports stemming from this document as well, there was, it was the idea of liability. They didn't want to be they didn't want to waive liability in this document should they go back and play and um, ultimately get sick or seriously ill from COVID. Yeah. So if, if these universities, if these conferences allowed for, you know, waiving liability, sent out waivers for liability, we'd have fall sports. Like, we'd have fall football. But, again, that was never going to be signed by players. So yeah, I, I read it. I read a waiver. It was, yeah, it had some gray areas. Yeah. A lot of people didn't sign it. But at the same time, like you, this, again, referring to Marquis Step, like saying you don't want to play and they present you the opportunity to play while also, you know, waiving liability so that they can for sure have you guys play. You don't sign it. You can't guard you and say, like, you... You, you can't argue and say, oh, we want to play after the fact when they put their foot down. And ultimately, I think as, as bad as it sounds, because these are our peers, these are athletes that we are around, and, you know, it's 
their right to fight for such, the NCAA gave them a big FU, like, towards shutting down this season. And, you know, it's, it sucks, but in my utmost opinion, I don't have a major problem with it. I don't either. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get this pandemic over with. Yeah. Like, everybody returning to football, what's that going to do? That's going to be short-term gain. Yeah. That's, good. that's only four. That's only three to four hours of our entertainment a week. And then we go back to reality. People, people who have nothing go back to the reality. Yeah. And I get it. People want to go. People want to play um, up their draft stock and all. But your but your life is more important. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's also it's very naive and saddening to think that um, just because shutting down the season is the correct and proper protocol or the highest protocol for the safety of the players. There are a lot, and you see it in the tweets that Trevor Lawrence sent out and a lot of people have been talking about, that that a lot of these players going back home to the areas in which they live is not going to be safe for them in regards to how this illness is um, reacted to amongst their peers there. That would be true for some. Yeah. But they were acting like it's going to be like a large majority. The idea of sending kids back home and acting like they, how they would have acted at school with all the protocols in place is naive. Like Wait, home, the fact that people think people will get sent back home is crazy to me. Like, they still have school. Yeah. Universities still having in-person classes. Nobody's getting sent back home. I mean, in SC's case, like, they're... If I mean, look at us. Like we don't have the proper date, and they're not allowing us to move in yet. <laughs> yeah, but all the football players are here, though. Yeah, they're all here. But again, there's no guarantee that the um, Department of Health can't say, you know, they're not allowed to be here anymore. Like they got to go home. There's no guarantee of that. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of where that idea comes from. In which should a lot of these kids go home? There's no guarantee that they won't go, they won't social distance, they won't wear a mask when they go out, they won't, they're definitely not going to get tested every other day or every week. Definitely not. It's like it, that's what sucks about it because we know the protocols were in place were safe in regards to us or the, to the level which was necessary and proper for us. You know, and I mean, that kind of stems into now that this happens. I mean, we get the email from our coach stating that it, this doesn't have a major impact on whether or not we're going to practice. But I think that also is naive to think. Like, obviously, that's going to have an impact of what we can do at practice. Oh, well, yeah, our practice is going to be way different. If fall sports. If we have practice. <laughs> Fall sports can't be there, and I mean, through the email of Mike Bone stating that they won't be allowed to practice either, I believe I remember recall seeing that. If they can't do that, I, why would we be able to? Yeah, and Nicole, 
there's he again in the call there's basically no, basically no word of when uh winter and winter and spring sports could return to practice yet yeah it's all up to the county oh approval from the county then approval from the no approval for the county for practicing and people moving in on campus and then approval from the state government for a competition that's why I think indoor is not going to happen. I've, I've been feeling the same. I think outdoor, we should be set. Indoor is the one that's going to be in question. North Carolina high schools have already canceled indoor track for 2020-2021, which is early in major. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, okay. We're getting through this already. Do we have a technical difficulty? Did I lose John? Okay, my internet just went out real quick. All right. All right. That should be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, North Carolina, I mean, we discussed on the podcast, I think, two, three weeks ago now, the idea that California, like, shut down their fall sports and their beginning in December, I think. Um yeah. I mean, you go into the fall sports that are kind of shared within the Pac-12 now, and I texted amongst the guys on the distance, like, SC is unique in the stance that we don't have a cross-country team for the guy side. Well, now every team, every school in the Pac-12 does not have cross-country this year. Because if you think about it, how are you going to run cross-country when it's going to be winter and fall track? They're not going to do it. majority of the kids are not going to do it. And the people... The people across the country who, who, who do like football and track, yeah, they're probably have to go to football. So yeah, I mean, this could be interesting. You know, like, I, yeah, Keenan will probably play football. Hey, <laughs> do what he gotta do. It, it just screws up a lot. I mean, and quite frankly, again, this, as we've kind of been saying, this is something that we expected, but um, wishful thinking. You know, it's as much as everybody expects the NCAA to have answers towards everything, like every other major conference or organization has done, such as the NBA, NFL, etc. NCAA and deals with a lot more. So I, I'm, I'm. 